you are about to embark upon a fascinating adventure into well-being, a journey which will leave you with a lifetime method for gaining unequaled health of body and mind and the sense of a new life. The host does not necessarily agree with the opinions and beliefs expressed in the following text. Any and or all statements regarding truth, reality, God, etc. should be viewed as narrative contrived by the artist for entertainment purposes only. The host hereby disavows his own personal responsibility for any paranormal activity related to the listening of this episode. The listener listens at his own risk and will hopefully have a safe yet fun and expansive trip. The characters in this episode are very real and reside inside a space-time continuum known as the host's head. The host solemnly guarantees that you will love them in addition to assurance that the preceding statement was a lie. Oh, and by the way, you're in for some weird shit. Welcome um, to another episode of I'm Sick of This Place. Uh, if you remember, I talked about uh, co-worker Porter. Um... Things have evolved a little bit. I do believe he is somewhat, not maybe not necessarily in love with me, but he for sure is in love with my hair. Um, he loves hair altogether. And when we talk, <laughs> he'll often say to me, oh, just so you know, I'm not really paying attention to you. I'm just looking at your hair. And he'll be like, Ooh, look at your, your eyebrows, look at them eyelashes. You can't even, you can barely tell you got eyelashes. Um, I let him touch it. He perked up real good. He uh, told me how he used to have a hairy chest. And while he was playing with his grandson's little hair on the back of his head, his grandson would be playing with the hair on his chest and his daughter would come in and was like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just, we're just playing with each other's hair. Um, to me, that's a little weird, but uh, he loves hair. I am going to eventually probably get my hair cut. Whenever I get it cut, I'm going to go to him because I think it'd be fun for both of us. <laughs> uh, because... He very much is in love with my hair. Uh, I asked him if he would do my sister's hair. Obviously, he would love to do my sister's hair because he loves hair. He also told me that he can sew. He learned how to sew. He made his own underwear. He makes his own underwear, yes. He didn't offer to make me some underwear thank god that was that'd be kind of weird he didn't ask for any measurements yet he told me he bought an 85 dollar pair of underwear and it feels great and not only did he buy it because he wanted to see if it really felt great he wanted to buy it in order to figure out what type of fabric they're used what type of elastic this that and the other so he can make his own so now he makes his own underwear and this is a co-worker of mine, not a friend from a long time ago. So he he's very open about what he's into in it. And it's fine. Um, I like eccentric characters. He is very eccentric. Um, 
this past Thanksgiving, he was telling me everything he was making, uh, two turkeys, a ham, ribs, this, that, and the other. He's feeding multiple households. The man can cook. He's a very talented man. Sews, does hair, cook, whatever. He's got you. Oh, he also is a fashion designer. He, his daughter, um, has a little boutique and he often makes clothes or designs them, whatever. He does one of those or both of those. He does it all. This man, I, I, oh, before, before I go on anymore, he is really great. I love working next to him. I love working across from him. Him and I get along great. Uh, every day is a good day if I'm working by side by side or next to him. Um, we get along great. He is somebody that I gravitated towards, like I've said, and he kind of gravitated towards me. Um, yeah, so that's my update on Porter, the man that loves hair, that loves my hair. Maybe I'll find out he does some other sort um talent. He is very talented. Unlike the coworker talent. That man, I don't know if he has talent, but he's always on the phone and I think he's swinging and dealing deals if you know what I mean. I don't know. Why he's on the phone for most of his shift. I don't know if it's the same person, but that man is a lot of times talking to somebody for 8 hours a day. So you know, he's a very business person, very Busy person outside of work doing whatever he's doing. I, uh, my coworker Mike, he, him and I connected a little bit. I worked at Little Caesars like seven years ago. He worked about at Little Caesars about fucking 40 years ago, back in the 80s. About 37 years ago, we'll say. And, he he was telling me all the crazy stories he had with uh, my ex-supervisors, um, I guess I would say, the Shiraskis. And I'm not going to get into any details. But he was telling me, you know, he used to work in the warehouse. He would be making dough, this, that, and the other, bada, bada, bada. And then he started telling me um, some wild stories, you know, partying with um, um, the old man, the 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 owner... He used to work in a steel mill. So this is really interesting. He used to work at a steel mill mill back in the day. And, you know, it's American dream. He was a hardworking, blue-collar, I would think, um, middle-class man, I would think. I really don't know. This is me just assuming. Or lower middle class, depending on, you, you know... Because a lot of those people, like coal miners, just got shafted. You know, they would be living on the land that the company owned, paying them rent, uh, barely, just just pretty much making enough to buy food and stay fucking there. Sort of like a modern day slavery, you know, turfs, uh, um, turfs or um, crop shares, but with mining coal. So this man worked at a steel mill, make, got enough money to start franchising little caesars and from there made a lot of money uh the american dream pretty much really um the, the my co-worker mike taught 
said, you know, he helped build the home base of operations in Davison when, when that was there. He, he did it all pretty much. He worked his ass off, partied with the guys, went to uh, the owner's house, shot skeet with them. Uh, what did he say? Um, this is an AA meeting, alcohol and ammunition. So they were really fun back in the day. And the, the, the guys, the, the same guys 20 years later, um, they were, they were okay. They were okay. Just like all supervisors, there's going to be good days, bad days. You could always tell if it was a good day. If you could, if, if they were high, pretty much everybody at little Caesars was on something, alcohol, pot, so if the supervisor came in and he had a smile on his face, you, you know something was going to be going okay. If he come in looking a little irritated, he's probably going to say something. But at the end of the day, I, I didn't I didn't care. You know, it's Little Caesars. As long as I'm not getting bitched at by customers, and who cares what the supervisor says? Because if the customers are happy, shut the fuck up, right? Ah. <sighs> So I got a grown relationship with him now. Um, him and I, that, that's that's the, the one guy that I talked about, um, you know, where the, where the fuck is a Kmart at? And I talked about, you know, oh, are you an amophile? You know, what's that? Somebody that loves guns. And I was like, yeah, you know, I fucking stick it in my mouth and masturbate and pull the trigger. But, you know, there's nothing in it and the safety's on. <laughs> So I'm starting to find my people at work. The moral of that story is I'm starting to find the people that I can click to. As far as spiritual practices go, as you can tell, this is coming out pretty late. I used to be every Wednesday. I'm, I'm busy. Um, my day's off. I um, started, I, I told you I went to the zoo. Um, I went to the Henry Ford Museum. I don't know if I said I went to the Henry Ford Museum that um, as my second date with this female. Um, went to the Marvel exhibit. You know, I was I was kind of upset at it because um, when I think of Marvel, I think of everybody. This was a MCU. So if you haven't been in a movie or TV show, you're not going to be fucking in there. They they started out Marvel's history at Marvel. And if you know, it started originally as Timely Comics, but they didn't even tell you that. It was just like, Marvel started when Stan, when so-and-so's, I can't even think of the guy's name, his nephew, Stanley Lieberitz, or whatever his name is, better known as Stanley, changed it to Marvel. And that was the beginning of Marvel Comics. Him, he created the universe along with Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko. Now, it was great that they could throw those names in there, but... Listen, no matter what, it's a 50-50 split. Can I say that? Stan Lee is great and all, but come on. Throw Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko a bigger bone. Yes, I know they were kind of, uh, especially Ditko was kind of a reclusive, but at the end of the day, they, they were the ones that made the characters the way they look, right? If not, then 
Stanley would just be writing books and with no visuals. <laughs> and we know that's a book, not a comic book. So that's a 50-50 split if you ask me. So first off the bat, that irritated me. Then I think the coolest thing that they had there was a fantasy, uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, I think. The first appearance of Sp- Spider-Man. They also... Yeah, they had that. They had Marvel Comics number one. They had Fantastic Four number one. So to me, that that's what was the highlight. Um, because if you don't know, those are very, 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 very expensive books. So all the movie people had, you know, some, there was some costumes, some Iron Man, a, a uh, yeah, Iron Man, Black Panther costumes. And then you have, like, the Netflix MCU, which is connected. So they were down, like, weird back alleys. Like, thankfully, I did a U-turn because, you know, I went through it and I was like, oh, that's it. Let me see if I missed something. Thankfully, there was. I missed all in the sh- same hallway. Punisher, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. They were all in this one tiny hallway. You had Iron, uh, I was going to say Iron, yeah, Iron Fist and Power Man or Iron Fist and Luke Cage. They had... Um, what can only be described to me as like a, like a cubby, but like a walk-in closet type of cubby, like you can take maybe two foot in and Iron Fist had to share his with, um, a Misty Knight, which I think was cool. They threw her a bone. They had, (laughs) this is kind of funny. Shang-Chi, he's getting a movie. So he had one piece of artwork just there. Um, She-Hulk had a little thing because she's going to be in there. Scarlet Witch had a tiny thing. So did Black Widow. So did Hawkeye. They, they had a, like the, the big, the big people, Iron Man had his own thing. Dr. Strange had his own thing, which was just the eye of Agamotto, Dr. Strange's, um, wardrobe, his little cloak stuff, um, and the uh, ancient one or whatever her name was, Tilda Swinton's character. Um, Spider-Man had a, a, the, the biggest thing. Did I even... There was a thing for the Hulk, a little thing. Uh, you, you, I, you had a smaller X-Men thing. Some pictures, some this, that, and the other. They even had a New Mutants thing, which was kind of bizarre. They had a... Um, runaways, which I thought was really weird because that was a Hulu thing and not, not connected to the MCU. Whereas in the, at least the Netflix shows were loosely connected. You know, they had the event and whatever, and they've mentioned whatever green people and aliens and whatever the fuck. Um, Kamala Khan had her own, she had her own statue. There's some Captain Marvel stuff. It was disappointing um, if you're a fan of Marvel in general, of comics in general, if you're really just a movie fan, it's pretty fucking cool, but I'm not just a movie fan. So I was disappointed, but it was a good day. Cause you know, I was with my soon to be girlfriend. Yes. She's my girlfriend now. Um, so that was our second date. Then she, then she came over, she was here the past two days, which was great. Um, 
So, I think some of my, because um, I used to write down that I was in a relationship or and that I was loved and all that. So, now I am. The thing with Neville Goddard, I, it was like three to nine months is when you're going to see the stuff. And the new thing I'm working on, and I've done this visualization in the past, and from now, I used to visualize a longer scene, a more vivid scene. I'd, but now, from my understanding, you want it to be more like a GIF, GIF, whatever. So, like a five-second, like looping interval type of thing. So now, my now, um, my it's it's the same scene that I've talked about previously, but it's just my sister walking through the door while I'm cooking food. So I'm cooking food and I look and she walks through the door, meaning she's now driving um, and her face is better. Um, so that's what I'm currently trying to visualize every night. Um, once again, it's going to be hard. There's a whole di idea of everyone is you pushed out or whatever the fuck it's called or everyone's a reflection of yourself there's that um but i also am a firm believer that you can do everything you can but they also have to try to put in the work themselves and i've offered to try my sister and help her with all my mystical weird uh stuff i believe in and stuff that i do she used to do some of the journaling but i don't know but she quit i don't know if she because she thought it would be more like a quick result um but yeah now on to mystical stuff i perform the terribly mind you the lbpr the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram um i was reading it and i was going to try to do it that way and then i found the oh, a walkthrough online read by damien eccles so I did that, um, pentagram scary, right? Uh, what you do is you draw four blue flaming pentagrams in the four cardinal directions, starting with east, east, south, west, north. You summon the, the four archangels there. And then, um, in Eccles version, you also summon um metatron and i cannot pronounce it sal salad saladon sauropod um salad sandaldon i don't fucking know i cannot pronounce it if you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about you summon um the metatron above and uh the other one <laughs> other one below fuck i am not good at talking um once again, folks, speech therapy. <laughs> um, so after you summon those, then you take, because you, you do the, the, the pentagrams in all the directions, and then you connect them with the white light, so you create a, a bubble around you in a, in a way. Then you grab onto it, collapse it up top, collapse it below, and that's the end of that ritual but but both before and after you have to do the um quabolitic cross cabolitic cross whatever it's called um since i was doing a walkthrough it did take me 20 minutes but that was because i was also listening to him 
talk about the Covenant Cross. But I don't need to walk through for that. I know how to do that. Uh, okay. So. Um, once I did that, I don't know if it was just because I was tired in general, but I felt super tired. And I do believe that was because starting these rituals, it, it takes a lot of energy out of you, especially if you don't take a lot of, lot of energy into you, meaning through your breath, through, um, using the universe, the, the universal energies. Uh, so. My plan is I'm going to, in the book it says you should try to perform it in the morning and the evening, um, two times a day to really, really, really get it done down in your mind. I am going to only probably do it at night to see if it really drains me because if it's draining me, I'd much rather get drained and go to bed if you, if you know what I'm talking about instead of fucking doing it, going to work, feeling drained as hell sip it on coffee for seven hours and then because i sipped on coffee for most of my shift now i'm fucking up until three so that's my spiritual update of the week i still plan on doing the um brain hemisync gateway project if you remember that i was doing that in the very beginning of this podcast um but here I'm this is the I'm trying to juggle both working out, having a relationship, having a um with my girlfriend now, um having a relationship with my friends and family. I'm trying to do everything I can to help my sister. Um I said working out, doing my spiritual stuff, fucking trying to live, trying to shop. <clears throat> It's, it's a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, working out, that's what an hour and a half, uh, going to the store, driving constantly. That's, that's the thing I'm trying to do. I'm going to try to write a schedule. So it's like Monday workout, perform easy stuff. I can, I can perform, um, the middle pillar and quabalit across in 10 minutes. That's easy to fucking do. Um, have the next day off to recover from muscles. Then I, then I really do the, the, the lesser banishing ritual. I meditate. I do, I, it's like workout, physically workout, spiritually, psychologically workout, physically workout, spiritual, psychologically. Um, then I got to have a, a day to record and edit or a day to record and a day to edit. Um, as you may have been knowing, I haven't been doing any songs or stupid shit just because it's a struggle enough right now just to put an episode out. <laughs> um, but I'm still doing it once a week, barely making it in, but I'm still making it. I wanted to have a guest on. I was going to have my girlfriend on. The, the beautiful thing about her is... <laughs> She is okay with all this weird stuff. You know what I mean? Like if you're talking to somebody and you're like, yeah, I'm trying to fucking summon an angel or four angels. I'm trying to summon six fucking angels. I might think you're a little weird. Even if they're a Christian 
or whatnot. They might like summoning angels. Are you sure they're not going to be, you know, demons? And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> um, that's the one thing I never want to do is I never want to go into the dark side. Fuck that. Um, so, yeah. She uh, laughs at all my jokes, which is great because I personally think I'm hilarious. Um, she's also got, she's also into a lot of the stuff I'm into. Um, she's comics, always sunny, arrested development. I showed her, um, Todd in the book of pure evil. She liked Nirvana, the band, the show she liked Kenny versus Spinny. It was okay. Mighty Boosh, a little too weird for her. And, you know, the Mighty Boosh is definitely weird for some people. Yeah, not every show is going to have an episode where there's a transsexual hermaphroditic, hermaphroditic, um, merman that wears a glove and a tutu and wants just love. And that's something we all want, is we all want some love. And I'm getting some right now, and it makes me happy. It's been over a year since my previous relationship and that one was okay um i wasn't doing this stuff then and i can honestly say and think if i was it would have probably not had lasted the six months or whatever it lasted um but her and i didn't have as much in common as now my current girlfriend has so that is probably the best thing is the availability or whatever to share common interests and and i'm not like i'm not afraid to fucking be as weird and blank like i was i was spouting conspiracy shit because we were talking about politics and not to get into much of it um, she mentioned the whole, um, stimulus check and Andrew Yang was like, yeah, see, I told you universal basic income. And I, then I went into the, then I was like, okay, well, I want to hear what your thoughts on universal basic income. And then I'm going to tell you the crazy fucking conspiracy version. And that is, I'll briefly summarize it for you. Um, if you look, it's all these big tech people like fucking Elon Musk is down for universal basic income because eventually the robots will take a lot of the easy jobs, especially the ones that involve number numbers and um, simple tasks. So in order for people not to get pissed off and riot and whatnot, there needs to be a way to supplement their income and keep them passive. Supplement income. Boom. See what I'm talking about? universal basic income so you give people x it's kind of like hush money or shut up money you pay them so they don't so they don't riot and but also now you're paying them and now you own them in a way because now let's say they get caught doing something that is illegal now their only means of having anything is through the government or through big tech or whatever. And I also seen a thing, um, an article they were in, this was actually, um, not a conspiracy podcast, but, uh, 
Jason Lou's, I do believe it was his um, podcast. This is where he was talking about. Um, but I think it was Duncan Trussell's where they were talking about this article that said 2030 is so great. I own nothing. Um, I don't own a car. Every It's public transportation, blah, 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 blah. That is terrifying. You might think it's good. Like, oh, I don't own a car. You know, I can fucking hop in a bus or an Uber or a car, an electronic car. You know, one of Elon Musk's cars, self-driving car. And it'll take me wherever I want. That is actually a horrifying thing. Because if you don't own it, they can take it away from you more easily. You know, now you got to fucking get a couple DUIs and this, that, and the other. And and you can still fucking drive. You might get locked up once, you know, you get pulled over because now I got four whatever DUIs, tickets, whatever the fuck. I don't know. I've never, I don't drink a drug. Um, But now you can't even do that. If you get fucked up, then they might, you know, be like, oh, uh, it might be hooked up to your phone or something. It's not a microchip. They're never going to microchip us. What the fuck is a phone? A phone is a microchip. Um, um, so you can't, you can't use anything because you broke a law. So now you're under house arrest. So you can't fucking use any of our cars. Um, since you're not going out and stimulating the economy, we're going to take your universal basic income because now you also don't own a house. Um, you don't own really anything and it's all smart home. Um, so everything is fucking, you know, listening, watching, getting controlled. So because you broke this law, you can't go anywhere. You're, you're under house arrest. You can't go anywhere. We're going to smart lock you in. Um, we are going to deliver you your own food. We're, we're cutting your fucking money or you just don't get any. See, it's a very slippery slope of this universal basic income, this aut- um, automaty automation. Do I think it'll play out that way? Not necessarily, but it is best to know and kind of think of the worst, but hope for the best. And when you're talking about the government and control, the more control they can get, that's what they want. Anytime we give them more of our rights, we don't get them back, people. We just don't. The Patriot Act. You know, most people are like, I don't mind. I don't say anything bad. Yeah, until you say something bad. I I don't do nothing. I don't go nowhere. I don't hate the government. I love the government. That's all fine and dandy, but what, what happens when one day you slip up? The, the, the rate at PC, I'm liberal, but the, the way PC is going, like, okay, I'm playing D&D. And I'm fucking having shits and giggles. I'm like, oh, there's a sleeping goblin. Hey, Tim, why don't you go put your ball sack on the, the, the sleeping goblin? And somebody goes, dude, why are you going to rape a goblin? I'm like, that's not rape. Um, they're like, oh, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's still sexual assault. I'm like, okay, well, I've like seen my friend's cock cocks i've seen he doesn't have multiple cocks but i've seen a few of my friends penises and uh, one of my friends penises quite not penises but penis quite often 
It was like um, waiting. Have you seen that where the fucking crew is like pulling out their dick and they're doing the bat and they're stretching? That was a thing. That was a thing when I was growing up. And these people are around my age. Um, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I'm a liberal, but at the same time, I'm not fucking trying super cancel culture PC shit. Um, I'd like freedom of speech. I think people should say whatever and then get, then get judged on whatever the fuck they say. Somebody should be able to fucking want to be a Nazi. But you know, at the end of the day, most people ain't going to fuck with you because you're a Nazi. Be racist. Most people ain't going to be fucking fucking with you. you. You get your five racist buddies. I don't... And, ooh, I don't know what you're going to think of that, but I don't give a fuck. You should be able to hold whatever terrible values you think. You know why? Because you have, you should have the right to. Are we going to fucking start having thought police and uh, the dream police? They live inside of my head. Who sings that? Is that cheap trick? I don't know. Um, are we going to start having dream police after thought police? <laughs> ah, fuck. This world is going crazy. And so am I. I'm sick of this place. Uh, have a good day.